It has indeed been for decades, and to the HIV response and inequalities continue obstructing the end of AIDS as a public health threat. UNAIDS set out earlier this year that the AIDS response is in danger. And with raising new infections uh, and continuing deaths in many parts of the world, our new report for World AIDS Day shows that inequalities are the underlying reasons why. And uh, I can make reference to gender inequalities. That's a, a very important one. Uh, and I could say it's a key driver of the AIDS epidemic still today. Inequalities faced by the key populations, key populations which include men who have sex with men, injecting drug users, commercial sex workers, prisoners, and also the inequalities between children and adults. And that's a very peculiar one because for many years uh, there were not availability of um, medicine presentations for children. Children had to split tablets of adult presentation medicines. So our report ahead of World AIDS Day tries to underscore on all of these inequalities. And it's actually a call for action to world leaders to wake up, to realize that AIDS is still around, to realize that after significant stagnation of the world because of COVID, there was a lot of diversion of resources that actually increased the risk of HIV transmission. I find it amazing that 40 years in, we still have to grapple with this, especially because there are so many antiviral drugs available now. I would imagine that the inequalities also touch upon the global south. Do they have the resources available to battle? There has been a lot of progress in terms of the availability of antiretrovirals, and UNAIDS has in the past and continues today to push for the availability of the most up-to-date combinations of medications. There used to be a time when people with HIV had to take from 12 to 15 tablets a day to stay alive. Today, that has come down to one pill, which brings two or three molecules at the same time, and you can take it once a day. It used to be that back when it was 12 to 15 pills, treatment cost between 10 to $12,000 per person per year. Today, even countries from the South or low-income countries can access one year of medication for the equivalent of $75 to $80 per person per year. So in that regards, access is out there. Now, the prioritization of resources within the fiscal space is important. Not all countries have managed to, to do that. And uh, in the face of the most recent global crisis, and I mean COVID-HIV, we saw a lot of the resources that were targeted or directed to health issues shifting to humanitarian response. And many countries have not recovered from that. The inequalities were exacerbated during that period. So what you're saying is the money that maybe would have been used to help with HIV had been diverted to help with the pandemic? Yes, we saw that happening. I would like to also talk about uh, how the infrastructure that had been established to respond to AIDS, uh, meaning laboratory capacity, was already there to serve for the testing of COVID. So the PCR for COVID, it's based on one of the assays that is used to detect viral load. So one has always argued from our perspective that investing in HIV prevention, investing in HIV infrastructure, not only helps to respond to HIV, but also strengthens the capacity at country level to address other uh, health issues. So they work hand in hand? Yes, absolutely. These inequalities, how are they holding up progress? 
Well, as I mentioned, gender inequalities is the key driver of the AIDS epidemic. And there, you could see the effects of these inequalities on women's HIV risks. They're, they're especially pronounced in sub-Saharan Africa, where women account for 63% of the new infections in 2021. Adolescent girls, 15 to 24 years, are three times more likely to acquire HIV than adolescent boys and young men at the same age groups in sub-Saharan Africa. In areas of high HIV burden, women subjected to intimate partner violence face up to a 50% higher chance to acquiring HIV. So this one inequality is giving us a diversity of possibilities to block the progress of the response to HIV. Definitely, we also have the key populations. And here we have the criminalization of same-sex sexual relations. That is also a very important issue because this keeps these populations away from prevention services or from treatment services. Because they're afraid of being penalized legally. Exactly. In some countries, even on this side of the ocean, homosexuality is penalized. And in other countries, there's even a, a death penalty. So we cannot end AIDS among key populations unless we effectively address societal factors that increase their vulnerability. And my last point would be also on the differences or inequalities in access to treatment between adults and children. So while over three quarters of adults living with HIV are on antiretroviral drug, just over half of children living with HIV are on life-saving medicine. This, this has deadly consequences. But why is that? Why are the children not given these available medicines? Investments need to be prioritized and pediatric medicines need to be procured for these children. In the past, there were not enough presentations like syrups or dissolvables that uh, served to, to treat children. Nowadays, they are available. And part of our call with this report is to make certain that this inequality is erased, that children have more access to retrovirals. At present, children represent about 4% of the new infections, but they represent 15% of the AIDS deaths because of lack of access to treatment. You had just mentioned that UN AIDS has a new report about this. What are some of the important issues that the report highlights? The report is called Dangerous Inequalities. It builds up on our mid-year, our summer global report that we called In Danger. And In Danger brings back the attention of the world and particularly of uh, world leaders that AIDS is not over. I was mentioning to you offline how when I have met with world leaders, sometimes I hear them say, oh, is, is it still a problem? I thought that this was already taken care of. Uh, and, and, and I tell them, no, it's still out there. And I compare sometimes with what happened in the 80s with tuberculosis and with malaria. We realized at the time, or at least the thinking was, oh, tuberculosis is waning down, it's under control, malaria as well. And what happens 40 years later, we end up with multidrug-resistant tuberculosis spreading uh, throughout the world. And we have malaria-resistant as well. So we don't want this to happen uh, with HIV. And our report makes this call for action. And the motto we're using is equalize, making sure that we push for human rights, which we push for access to medicines, we push for decriminalization, particularly of key populations. And the call to action is for the government? 
It is for all, I would say, because even in the community, there are still some misconceptions ingrained. There may be still people who saw friends or relatives die back in the 80s. And that is not happening now. It's something that happened in the past. But we also need to make awareness in the general population that HIV is out there and that people's rights needs to be taken into consideration. Stigma and discrimination, unfortunately, is still around. And for world leaders, I know that the present situation in the economy, inflation, has made countries take drastic steps in terms of their fiscal space. But making sure that resources are made available for health is very important. And making sure that resources are being made available for HIV response is key and it's, an, it's essential. We believe that by dealing with inequalities, it's going to be a major step towards a sustained response. Is there anything else you might like to add? I believe I would like to emphasize that AIDS can be over by 2030, as the 2030 agenda calls for. I would like to say how proud we are of our global aid strategy. This is a collective owned by all member states. And the political declaration that was adopted last year lays the foundation for countries to respond in the most appropriate way, targeting the populations that need to be targeted and providing the, the response that is needed. So my message would be, let's move forward. Let's take on those commitments and uh, let's end AIDS by 2030.